I don't want to stop. I think it's because I spent so long, though, uh, kind of procrastinating and not doing anything that now I'm like, no, I just need to keep going. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Hi, folks. Welcome to the show. In the room this week is Stephen Ford, writer, director and producer. He's also the founder of Screenwriters Island. And as usual, we'll probably not get to talk about any of those things because... Hold on a second, George. Tangents. You're not going to believe this. I've got to take this call. There might be DHL. Hello? Ooh. Well, we'll keep this in here. DHL Hello? is currently ringing. Right. Okay. Okay. So while, yeah. while Garvin's away, we'll, we'll get talking to you myself, Stephen. So how, right, how's it going, Stephen? What, what are you up to hey, at the moment yourself? It is, hey, it is DHL. I have to run out. Believe that. It's, Give me a yeah. second. That's all right. <laughs> We're keeping this in the show, Garvin. <laughs> That's it's going. So well, now, as you said, we're, 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 we're filmmakers. We're trying to do something. We've done crazy things. We're not allowed to do CVs in this particular show because it's a bit of a pub quiz kind of thing. So we'll have to pretend I've just come into the pub. Oh, Stephen, how are you doing? Are you all right? What's your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your poison? Mine's usually a Guinness of some nature at some point when I'm allowed to go and drink. What about you? What do you normally drink? <laughs> Of course, cards like is the only thing I can I can have without being really sick. Oh right, okay, yeah, because I normally yeah. find that uh, if I have too many beers or too much, that's in, I just don't like the taste after a while. But the Guinness is is going well, and now that I'm an Irish citizen, would you believe I became an Irish citizen this year? <laughs> I, I I now prefer the Guinness down the cross the border from where I live, down in in the actual Republic of Ireland, as opposed to up in Northern Ireland. So that's that's something else yeah. I'm into at the moment. So you're a brave we, man, George. I can't drink Guinness. Oh, right. I can no, only drink one. Me. I can only drink one. So we'll find yeah, out. Yeah. Gar- so Garvin. Oh, no, he can't hear us yet. Can't hear us yet. Garvin. Yes. How's it going? Yes. So we're, we're in the pub. Now, I've, I've just had a... <laughs> I, I've just had McGuinness here and, and uh, Stephen's got his cause light. What's your poison in the pub when you go for a drink? No, I'm a big girl's blouse. I like <laughs> me sweet things, sweet tangs. So it's actually, I used to be a cider man in the field many a year ago with a two litre of something ugly and cheap. And that wasn't the girlfriend at the time. No. But I mean, <laughs> it was. <laughs> so actually, now I'm all about the berries, this. And I can't even remember the names of because I'm actually usually in Little or Aldi. This. I can't believe it's not Copperberg. So I think it's uh, Copperberg. Yes, Copperberg. There yes. you go. Ber- mixed berry cider. A big girl's blouse is what I am at the well, best actually, of times. Yeah, I, I like that ciders as well. Normally at the half, we normally at the lime, lime and lemon or something. I think it's like that, or lime and blueberry or now, something. No, I have all. I've always wondered how the hell is Guinness the biggest? No, I know it's not the. See, this Guinness is the brand, and they own all the others as well. I've never seen anyone drinking Guinness. I don't know who these people are. Actually, <laughs> well, when I, I worked as a barman, I all if someone ordered a Guinness, it was the little old man in the quarters drink. It was because you were a larger, yes, you're a larger louch. <laughs> Again, that's it. You're the, we, we, we have become the little old man. Oh, there's iron in it. Man, yeah. My blood sugar up. Or my, my, my protein count or something. And I, I'm, the Guinness. Yeah, I'm the designated <laughs> driver now, so I have to have the Guinness Zero, which is the kind of no alcohol in it, but it tastes just as good. It's just you don't Some have a migraine afterwards. Some black nonsense with, is what with a, you're with drinking. A nice head with a on bit the top. of cream on top, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was away for thirty. I'm away for thirty seconds. We're having a film business podcast show. I come back and we're talking Guinness. about this little old man's pint of Guinness. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I got. I, I got to take control of this bloody thing. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. 
<laughs> Definitely the Guinness. We're we're in here drinking right. our Guinness. So I'm just gonna have a Guinness here. Here we go. <laughs> oh well, look, it's falling out the bottom yeah. now. <laughs> so it's just the way we go. It reminds us of the old camera lenses and stuff like that, and why we're actually in this business in the first place is to go down to the pub and drink Guinness while we're waiting for somebody to go and set a shot up for us at some point, you know, and, and Garvin to work out the budget for what we're trying to do while we're just drinking this Guinness. Well, put it this way, it's going to be black, sloppy water. I won't be paying for the Guinness. I mean, no, that's actually, I always wondered, when I do Coronation Street, you know, Crossroads, EastEnders, they Fair spent City. 97% of the time recently. in in a pub of some description yeah. and everyone's in there of a yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And I go, who are these people? You know, what jobs did he have that you're able to go to the pub every day, have a drink, and then feck off to work or come back in the middle of work? It didn't make any sense to me. You know, but the interesting thing about uh, uh, Coronation Street and Emmerdale and and Home and Away is that at least when you go into the pub, you feel as though the walls are quite solid. When you go to yeah. the Fair City pub somebody walks past and the set moves like this. <laughs> That's what I'm noticing. I mean, the car crash looked a bit kind of, you know, inconvenient when they had a car crash recently, but, but old, old Emmerdale went for the went for the lorry up into the air over onto the side and the kind of spooky kind of yeah. Frankenstein graphics that went up after as, as the menacing character. Now I have out. a question because I'm just thinking now over the years. I don't know because I don't watch any of these programs. I don't watch much. I don't even, I'm not even interested in film, but I mean, apart from that, if the, you're not allowed to promote smoking, you're not allowed to promote alcohol. Has yeah. if you look around these pubs, is there any drink for sale? I don't actually see. They see you're not allowed to promote it to the mass audience anymore. Ooh. Is there any branding on on the on the on those handle things, or have they actually turned all the bottles around so you you're, you're imagining what might be in the bar? Ah, oh, you see, you see, Fiddler's Walk, which was set in a pub called Fiddler's Walk. We had the Guinness ads hung <laughs> across and we were going to go, oh, no, do I have to CGI those out? Because they're no longer now available. We're not allowed to show them. Mm. And it actually stopped us getting it shown on UTV because, no, you can't you can't promote that. And one of the one of the chalkboards mentioned another brand. And no, no, you can't have that in there either. And you kind of go, for goodness sake, what can you use? What yeah. are you allowed no, we're two to do, minutes yeah. in now, Steve. We're two minutes in now. You got to start. Sorry, sorry. It's like the you have to be like that little <laughs> child in the classroom. So you got to go, sir, 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 and you got to you got to put in because we won't raise your hands. Raise your hand if you've got something to say. Okay, so it, it, no, it's, no, it's we'll bring you. It's kind of like those movies, isn't it? In a lot of movies, you'll see the characters go in, they'll be like, and I have two beers. And you're like, what beer? What beer are you ordering? There's hundreds of beers you can get. Like, and it's it's obviously branded, like, but they never say, like, can I have a Heineken? It's always like, can I grab two beers, Stella? And it's like, what beer are you getting though? What drink are you getting? No, there's there we're on it because like I don't know. I think you might be a writer among you've got so many hats on these days, see, but every time I looked up, you're, you're actually you're acting in it, you've wrote the damn thing, you've you're producing it, you're directing it, you're doing location. Actually, I think you're asking for a farm in Wicklow for someone else at the moment. But I mean you're out Multi -hyphenated there. Multi-hyphenated is the word, isn't it? There you yeah, go. That's the one they're throwing thing, around quite a bit. The great thing that we like is, and it, it's actually following on from a conversation with CJ Wally the other mm. day, and he says, writers have to step out of the draw. Because mm -hmm. if you, you can stay in there and hope someone comes along and makes your film or does so, but if you want to be proactive rather than reactive, you've got to step out of the drawer. You've got to start promoting yourself. Actually, beyond that, you've got to start finding this other production team, these other people. You've got to go play and work with them to get 
to, to oh, increase your chances of getting yeah. yours done. You know, and and then what I am evidencing, and I don't, I'm not using on Facebook and places like that. But you're creeping in in front of me, <laughs> and you're all over the shop. I don't know whether I have you on stock follow or something, but you're there. You've done, a, I think you've done about three or four shorts in the last three days. You go, and you, so tell us about that for a second. Yeah, hundred uh, percent agree with you. What what CJ said. Um, it's like I I was a writer for ten years, and no one cares about you. Uh, when you're a writer, no, no one seems to notice you. And all of a sudden you start directing things and everyone's like, you know, adding you as friends on Facebook and everyone's like, oh, can I be in this film? Can I be in that film? I send you my real, send you my CV. And you're like, what is happening? No one cared about me when I was just a writer, like, you know? And uh, it is, it's that thing that like, you just have to, when you're just a writer, uh, it's so much harder to get recognised. When you step out of that and you start doing direct and everything else, it just seems to be that then people start caring. Like, okay, who's this? Like, you know. Um, so I remember now, the good I thing here, I'm hearing there now is another little bit of saying that 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 you know, CJ and a couple of others were talking actually before that. I don't know who it was. I remember the yeah. name. Two weeks late. <laughs> it's the more you're doing for others, you're yeah. starting to pay it forward. You realise you've got. If I help this guy over here get something made. <clears throat> it helps me. Now, again, it doesn't have to reflect back immediately like that. So we're finding the same. We're, we're, bit, we're trying to meet people like yourself. We're trying to give confidence to ourselves by giving confidence to the likes of you to go, we, we need to move from an I mentality to a we team mentality yeah. to bring ourselves along, to, to increase the odds and chances of getting stuff done. And hopefully by helping others, we help ourselves. Absolutely. And I didn't realise that until I did my first short film a few, uh, about a month ago. Uh, I didn't realise how it's about like the context you make, like the context you make on set as a director. Like you said, when you do favours for people, like I don't, uh, the three films I've done, I haven't auditioned anyone to be in them. I just kind of met people and I was like, you're really lovely to talk to. Do you want to be in this? And they'll be like, you know, one of the girls for the film we just finished the other day was saying, I've no experience. I haven't acted in years. I was like, it's okay, it's only a short film. I was like, we'll, we'll do this together. It'll be fine. Let's do it. And I just think that's that's much better than me saying, hey, do you want to audition? Like, who am I to audition someone, you know? Yeah. I would rather give someone a chance and then they're like really grateful. And, you know, then I'm like, oh, I might have something else yet. And they're like, oh, well, I actually might know someone that could help you with this, you know? I, um, I must say, though, the auditioning process is actually quite valuable because I know that in a couple of short films that we did and, and actually the feature film that we did, that uh, we auditioned. And one of the things that gave you a chance to do as a director was to watch the people perform in front of you. Whereas you might had an idea of what they were going to be like in a particular role, you then mm. kind of went, actually, they would be better in that role, not that role. And I remember yeah. uh, there was a, an agent had sent me two actors for one of the shorts we did in 2001, actually. Yeah. Um, and what happened was that he says, oh, this guy's great for this person and he's great for that one. And I went, no, they're not. They're the opposites. I wanted them to be the complete opposites. So that what yeah. you expected is not what you actually got. And that made the film a lot more interesting yeah. just to yeah. actually work on because you were playing things in opposites. And the two actors loved it because one of them was being typecast in one role and he was now suddenly able to play the opposite, you know, the grungy kind yeah. of dirty bag and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Whereas he was being asked to go and wear a suit and, and yeah. be the posh kid that, that didn't yeah. get into trouble. And then the other guy that was always seen as a troublemaker was turned into the posh kid. And he went, yeah, 
a bit like Michael Caine in Zulu became the posh. I'm jumping in officer. because you know what? <laughs> Had I not known from all the sort of stuff you're putting down on social media, you're pumping it out like there's no tomorrow at the moment. <laughs> I know you're married and I know you have a lovely little girl. But had I not known that, I says, this is fucking, this is Tinder for film. Uh, you're walking <laughs> yeah. up the randomers. You're going, do you want to be in me film? Yes, I have full <laughs> control over this. You don't even need to audition. So I'm going, this, <laughs> this to me, for the, for the bachelor type guy out there that wants to pull a couple of lines that beat Tinder down, hands down, you've got the excuse to walk up to any good looking girl or, or boy or whatever you want to say and go, do you want to be in me film? Yeah, I, I heard a little bit of that for a second, but now I, I know you had better intentions than that and there is a film. So yeah, yeah. You make it sound really awful when you put it like that, Carver. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I do. Now I, I completely understand what George is saying about the audition process and how valuable it is and stuff. But I just felt like the, the three short films I've done, I feel like they're not serious enough that I need to audition like a seasoned, you know, veteran actor like that. Uh, so for the first one behind the mask, I had met the girl that was in that Sinead Cassidy Holt on set for another short film and was just chatting away with her and I'd seen yeah. her do it and I was like, do you want to be in Behind the Mask? And we had a chat and she was like, yeah, I was like, cool, let's do it. And uh, then she ended up now, um, we have such a good connection now, she's ended up doing, you know, makeup and things like that on uh, some of the other short films I've done, which is brilliant because she can do everything, like, you know. Um, and then for Forever, I think uh, it was the same. I said, uh, she, I said, I seen her on Behind the Mask. I said, do you want to do this part? Uh, I think you'd be really good for it. Uh, the other guy that was in that, actually, he sent me a reel of just like, I think he was in a very, very short film, uh, very brief. And I was like, yeah, really like that. Let's let's do it. Uh, and then the one I just did now, my daughter is in it. And then the two other girls, Fatima Kara and Gemma Hazara that are in it, are, had more or less little or no experience, uh, had a chat with them, seeing what they'd done, and they were kind of really nervous, like I had no real experience. I was like, well, come on, let's just do it. You know, it's nothing, not huge roles, uh, really small parts. We can do this. And they really knocked it out of the park, I have to say, for all the three short films I've done, uh, all the actors really impressed me, I have to say. Like, and well, You um, just said there in the middle of that, um, if it wasn't a bit, if it wasn't as, you know, it's not as serious, uh, so it's not mm. that serious. What would what would change, and why would it change if you felt it was serious? And as um, I know, I'm so stop you. I'm about a little addendum, a little caveat on that, because the word "serious" might just mean budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you were saying the actor, you didn't go for a serious actor. Because well, a serious actor would be going how <laughs> much? You're going well now. The unserious actors go, no, this is my show real. So is mm -hmm. there a little bit of that rather than? Uh, I mean, let's say I walk back on saying serious and uh, say that um, the actors that were in the three films I've done so far really impressed me. And I was surprised that they hadn't been in a lot of other stuff like as actual roles. And the thing that I found with a lot of them was they'd been in a lot of stuff as actors, but no one had ever given them a chance right. to actually have lines in a film. Yeah. You know? yes. And I was like, you know, I think uh, Fat Macara that was in Shark Teeth, I watched... Uh, a self-tape she did where she was crying and stuff and I was like that's really good I was like how have you never had a role where you've done lines I was like just come on let's do this like you know um, budget does yeah I mean budget like they're essentially well I thought there was such a thing as no budget uh, films there isn't uh, okay. I found that on behind the mask that you end up paying I think we ended up I ended up spending maybe 400 euro I think it was and I thought it was going to be like nothing like not a penny you know um, and 
No, I mean, I think if I had a bigger budget, uh, I wouldn't necessarily go for, you know, actors that were, because I've also met a lot of, a lot of really great experienced actors uh, that should almost, should almost be paid for a lot of the roles they've done. Like I had, uh, we had an older couple as well in Forever, uh, Sandra Hayden Mason and Richard Mason, and they have been in everything. Like they, uh, Sandra was, had a small part in The Lobster with Colin Farrell and everything. Yeah. And it's like, for them to be in the film and to do it for free because I had no budget is like, oh my God, like, you know, I was listening to their stories. Uh, we were on break and I was like, they're just brilliant. They were so good. I, I barely had to give them any directions, you know? Well, I, I, I've, we've worked with a couple of people that were in Valley Cascangel and, and who, who came to help support projects that we were working on for the same. They were doing it as a favor. Mm. Uh, and they helped a lot of students work through one of the projects they were doing. But at the other end of the... The other end of it is that I've also worked with some actors who you have been paid and I felt they didn't deserve it. Mm. Uh, and, and what I'm saying is it's that it's like a lot of people seem to think, well, I'm the actor. I should get paid X, Y, and Z. And when you start to get into it, you suddenly kind of going, they're not actually doing what I want them to do. They're, they're preempting things. They're trying to take over as the director. They're not taking direction. They're not working with me. There's no collaboration. It's their mm. way or the highway, you know, and that can also be a bit of a problem. And you're kind of sitting there, can I go, I'm having to pay for this, you know, and, mm. and I'm not, I'm not getting what I work. And, and if you're trying to fit into a schedule and you're trying to work pretty fast, you suddenly can find that that becomes a block that's preventing you from achieving your, your daily goals, which mm -hmm. is also budgetary constrained. So one of the things that we started to do, which may also help, is that on your next short, which may also have no budget, use the likes of Beck2 uh, rates, work out what everybody's rate is, and, and mm. actually come to terms with them that, that effectively you've invested into my project your time, which is worth this amount of money. Mm. What then starts to happen is you then start to take it seriously <laughs> That's the difference. You then start to say, well, actually, this is the value that I've now put into this film. We need to somewhere on the line, try and get the value back either by getting this into winning awards in some form or fashion or trying to get work that pays for these other people to then move on. And that becomes a very useful way of looking at things. So you, but, but without losing what you've done in the current approach, you know, because you're actually helping nurturing people into those roles and helping them build up their confidence that yes i can do this and there is no difference between what i'm doing here when i'm helping somebody else to what i'm actually doing when i'm actually getting paid for it and mm. i think those people that then do pay for their skills which may be a little bit later on they'll appreciate these people know what they're talking about and they are actually being more professional than the ones that claim to be professional at times that was just just a few thoughts coming from yeah, well, yeah. I've had, i was just i'm gonna come back swing back around on the same thing again <laughs> not be funny or anything else yeah. no you, the great thing was you're saying you found these other extras they're only extras they want they're aspiring actors or tesbians mm. or somewhere in between they're extras because they're there they're on set they've got she I'm an extra and I've never been on set. So, I mean, I'm on the list. I haven't even got to turn up to be an extra to get to go on the journey of maybe being an actor. No, I'm not, I don't, I'm not really on that journey. But I know there's an awful lot of people out there that have done the drama classes, done the spotlight school of dancing and backflipping and whatever else you might need to do. And 
but it's up to someone else to choose them because they'll pick them from a from a reel and go, this is how, in my mind's eye, they fit this role, they fit that yeah. look. They fit. That, so it's, the decision is someone else's decision. The great thing, you it still was your decision in this case, but you were going, it wasn't based on Pat, what you did in the past, it was mm. based on your present and future potential. And you saw that in the, and you gave them the opportunity. And that's the language that we're loving because that's where we are. We're going, mm. no one's going to give us a job. I wouldn't give me a mm. job after seeing my own CV. So therefore, yeah. but do they believe in the passion? Do they believe in the vision? Do they believe in the potential? That's the story you want to, to pitch. And therefore, with your scripts, with your stories, with your actors and with your team, it's to pitch that believable journey. And you're going to see, you want people to see in you what you see in them. And mm-hmm. that's, that is the, but you have to be seen to that, for that to be seen, potentially yeah. seen and understood. Yeah. Completely. And there's a lot yeah. of people out there. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. And I'm not even like, they're not even all just extras. Like uh, a few of them have been in stuff, but like, I think to have so many more opportunities, like I think it's, it's just, it's strange. Like, uh, Sandra and Richard uh, that I had in forever um, they were brilliant like they, and they've been in a lot of short films and stuff like that uh, like I said Sandra was in the Lobster Common Fire and everything they were so good like they were just so good like I would have them uh, again in another film if I had a, a role for them no you can't like, no you have yeah. to get some other newbies because then <laughs> everything will be the same yeah. actors appear- we'll be appearing yeah. everywhere then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but no I mean I suppose um I, I, you need to edit the bit out where I said it. I didn't take them serious. <laughs> no, uh, I, what I meant was um, budget wise, they're not like they're, the three films are really small scale. Like behind the mask was shot basically in the one on the one floor. Forever was shot on the same spot in Bray. Sharpede was basically shot here in my own apartment. And the other one that we have this Sunday, Drink Up, is shot in my apartment. So they're very small budget look, you know. You know what, um, Stephen? I'm going to use the language we're using in the last couple of months. I'm going to stick to this, you know, going forward anyway. You're a gorilla. That's what you are. You're gorilla marketing. You're gorilla filmmaking. You're an indie gorilla. You're going, I'm not, one location, half a location. That looks like I can do. An actor, don't even need them. I just look out the window. You know, we'll take a couple of birds and we start doing some mime. You know, it's, it's, no, the great thing is you're starting on the minimum location, the yeah. minimum number of actors, the minimum amount of moving parts to create a story that has meaning. So therefore, you can work up from that and out to a million moving parts. And all yeah. that adds on then is money, budget, moving parts, complexity. In its simplicity, did you impart a meaningful three minutes or something that someone got it. They got to see it and they got it. They got the message. Now, a million people didn't get to see it, but if they see it, if they saw it, they'd get it. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do yeah. is impart that little yeah, yeah. story. And I mean, it, with Behind the Mask, um, like when I wrote that like two, three years ago, uh, it did well in some writing competitions. And that was stuck, like when I had a director attached to that, that was stuck, like we were trying to find money for like three years. It was never, but that was a, that script was originally set in a pawn shop. And the director that I had attached uh, knew someone that had a pawn shop down the country. And we were like, right, we're going to do this, but we need to raise at least a thousand, 300 maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then COVID struck. And even before COVID struck, we, we only had like maybe 300. You know, we were nowhere near. And once COVID uh, struck, uh, that director had to drop out and do her own. She had her own films and she was like, why don't you do it yourself? And I was off the, I, I had done uh, directing once in college and I hated it and I swore I'd never do it again. And uh, she said, why don't you do it? And I was like, 
okay, maybe I will, like, you know. Uh, and then as I was starting the process, then I realized how uh, I thought it would be so much easier, you know. And uh, people gave me advice and they were like, you haven't went to college to study film. This is your first time jumping into the visual side of things. Just find a crew that knows everything about their own field and they will help you. And that's what I did. And surround myself with a bunch of a brilliant team that I now like have kept mostly the same people for sound and mm-hmm. and uh, cinematography and uh, stuff like that for all of the films that I've been on. I've been lucky enough, like you know. Um. So yeah, it's it's totally. What, like, what do you do about the editing? What's what happens with the editing? So the editing, like for I I didn't think it would be so difficult to find an editor. So for the first film, uh, I actually had to pay an editor. Uh, not nowhere near the amount that he would have would have been getting if he had been like getting yeah. a proper editing job. But I basically just had to search uh through Facebook and through groups and stuff for someone who was willing uh to edit it for their you know experience for a small amount. So uh I had it was the same with forever then it was a different editor because uh, I couldn't afford the first editor again. And then the third one then was a different editor and the next one will be the same editor, I think. So like you're really like you feel bad because you can't pay people all the time and they're and you're really relying on other people's pure kindness that they're willing to do two late night shoots for you. Uh, all night doing sound and doing DOP and you know that some of them are good enough to be getting paid to do it like you know but they obviously like you or like the script or something or they wouldn't be doing it you're coming from the hardest part of film no I said you probably saw no I'm thinking to myself no you didn't because you didn't watch any of the shows till yesterday but apart from that because we didn't do our job (laughs) well we didn't do our marketing well you know Stephen's out there in 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 he's our target audience and it took us two fucking years to get one show in front of him. And the show we got in front of him is the one he's on. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and he probably won't even watch that one. And that's I not mean... true. So I've seen a few. I, I did. Right. I remember when you first started off, I was I was watching them for a while. I kind of took a break from Facebook. Yeah, then. I take a break from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I came back and just were still gone. I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> no, no, well, the question I was getting to see, the strange thing is the few people were talking, no, actually few, George reminded me this morning, this is probably episode 25 in the film bunch. Mm. And the yeah. people were talking to in there, we still are calling in, in indie production. We're trying to, yeah. to find, there's micro-production, no budget, this budget, but we're yeah. trying to kind where we are. And I, we, we've decided we're sub one million. But I mean, yeah. from zero to a million is the journey from short to, feet, to breakout feature to, to unproven necessary to basically get someone else's money. Because yeah. you're not going to have a million in your back pocket. Someone else has to be involved as you go on that journey to that sort of type of figure. But you're literally going from zero to the hero because you've took yourself out of the drawer. You started where you were comfortable with nothing. Because mm. it's like, like ourselves. If you have yeah. nothing, that's what you're starting with. Yeah. So to yeah. get something, you've got to get others involved. And the great thing is you're going on the journey of the hardest thing out there, which is the journey from script to short. Because mm. it's from no money to a little bit of money, the minimum value proposition, the minimum amount of money. So, because I, I, I'm dependent upon someone else's skills to package this. And, yeah. and then you've done it. You've done it three times in the last month. And, yeah. and the great thing is, now, in some ways as an accountant, I go, I hear 100 quid, I hear 300, and I go, and I know it's hard because that's money that you're not eating and drinking and living. That has to be excess. Yeah. And it's something you're investing in yourself. And mm. so other people might laugh at that figure and go, actually, geez, I spent that on pints of Guinness mm. on a Saturday night. To yeah. other, depending on who you're talking to, 
that is an unachievable, it's an aspirational amount because I just don't mm. have it in these tough times. But yeah. you're still, your passion is driving you into an uncomfortable zone, again, for Tregan Murphy, lead yourself. You're leading yourself beyond beyond the edge of your comfort zone, back into directing. You didn't like direct, but you knew I have to go there to pull myself mm. out of the drawer. I have yeah. to bring other people up with me and make them my team, my dream team. And if, if I go from zero to 500 quid, that's a stepping stone to 5,000, to 50, to 500. And that, that's the journey I now see you on. And, and because I'm an accountant in the past, if you had the budget, if you could attract it, your mindset changes. You don't feel apologetic for not paying people their worth. You identify their worth and go, I want to be worthy of my team. I want them to be valued, feel valued. I want them to go on a journey with me. And I want us not to be in a penny place, but the pound. You know, yeah. And therefore, but that's a mindset. And I think mm. you are rocking and rolling it. And don't let the figure block yeah. your way. Yeah, it's 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 the passion will push through, I think. Yeah, I mean, I had this we had this really funny thing on Behind the Mask where uh, obviously the whole film relied on a mask. Uh, the original mask I wanted was a, it was this Japanese mask. And it's like there's a different mask for each feature or something like this. They were like a couple of hundred. I was like, I, there's no way I can afford that. Like, you know, so exactly. So I had to get like a, a one that was supposed to be kind of um it was supposed to be plastic, basically hard plastic. It was this creepy mask with horns and everything. Ordered it, the mask came, and it was literally just this droopy piece of rubber crap. You know yeah. not to be using wish.com now. Honestly, <laughs> you should have learned your lesson before this. <laughs> that's what that's what people tell me. Never buy off wish.com. I was like, how did you know? How did you know I got <laughs> off wish.com? But I remember I was like, the whole film's over. It's finished now. Like the ma- whole thing relies on the mask. It doesn't work now. So I actually ended up uh, getting, in, this guy ended up getting in touch with me. I was like desperate. And I reached out uh, through Facebook up to everyone. This guy got in touch with me who actually does stuff like this in America for films. Got in touch with me and basically over the space of two weeks led me through the process of like everything like I had to glue you know cut the strap cut bits off glue a mask onto the inside all of this stuff and when it was done he was like you've just made your own mask I was like oh my god that's amazing like you know I hope you were videoing that as you were going that was probably got more YouTube hits than the film I was was really proud Garvin I was really proud because if you look at the picture of the mask before to what it is what it was in film I was like oh my god like you know everyone that when I sent the picture into the group before we started filming they were like oh my god that's a completely different mask but you know something there's just such subliminal messaging in the sense of you know I don't I didn't watch the film didn't see yeah. it. Don't know if it's out there. It's but not the, yet, no. Right. No. But by definition, <laughs> behind the mask, if you start using that language, that's what's going on behind them. We are all we all have this mask, and behind it, we're panicking, we're afraid, or we're or we're questioning, and we're fearful, or or we might be mildly confident. But mm-hmm. does everyone has this mask when we're in a perfect? Actually, we were talking about this earlier on the professional <laughs> mask. And I go, yeah. sorry, I broke that one day one. We have the unprofessional math now, and I can't. This is it, and this is reality, and this be yourself. So behind the mask, you've just got to be you. You've got to be comfortable yeah. what you're doing. You I mean, have one to of the things that uh, I I was discussing the you're now gone beyond behind the mask. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I was discussing this morning was the fact that we constantly think everybody else is more has more expertise than we do, and what I suddenly started to realize was well, actually, long long time ago uh, was no, we don't. They only have a certain amount of information. They don't have all the information that they need to be able to advise you in one form or fashion. The only person that does have that is you yourself 
or as I, you know, in in the situation you find yourself in, and it's having the confidence to say, look, you know, we're going to go with that. We were in a situation, one of our films, whereby two weeks, a week before we're about to shoot, we had a body say, no, no, you need to be making a promo video. And we went, no, we've got everything in place for the next month to shoot. And they said, no, no, you need to go and get a promo video to make, get the money. We shot the film, edited it, showed it to them. They went, oh my God, you've made the movie. That's amazing. And we suddenly went, what did they know? They, yeah. they, they would have just stopped us from actually moving forward. So that's, that's an important part of the process is, is actually believing in yourself and realizing that you can do things. And the other thing is looking at what's happening in real life. We've just had a, a renovation going on in the house and we've mm. been seeing the coordination of people going through. And also in that situation, what we realized was that different tradesmen only had a small picture of the overall picture. The only people that had it was us. So we were able to go in there and direct what we needed done and then let them get on with their job, which is really what a director is doing as well. So there's so many other areas that you can draw upon to help you make the product, which is what you did with the, with the mask, which I think is wonderful. I mean, that's why mm. buying, getting a garage and filling it up with tools and being able to make <laughs> things and getting a 3D printer, it means you can actually create the things that you need. We wanted a track and dolly for one of our shoots. Mm. And uh, so we went and got, went down to B&Q and bought some, you know, 32 millimeter plumbing pipe. And that became the core component of a track and dolly system that we wanted with our normal mm. tripod and a couple of a couple of skateboards, you know, butchered it and fitted it up. It was brilliant. But those are definitely skills that, you, you know, you need to start you, 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 there. They'll never go to waste and no, you'll be able no. to use them on the products that you're doing, which I think is, is fabulous. I'm going to wrap a couple of your, your shorts together in my head because I'm sitting here going, this is what's going on. It's you're, go, you're going. Hold on, for, forever behind the mask, and you're going. No, you're no, you're no longer behind the mask. You've now sharpened your teeth. You've yep. sharpened your teeth, <laughs> and you become a bloody vampire. You're now taking from everywhere else and bringing it to yourself yeah. and making them sort of conform to your command. So yeah. I think you just got to get the right names of the right films going forward, and it's just going to start becoming a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yeah, and it's strange that the, that sharp teeth that we just finished on Saturday was probably the hardest of the three shorts I've done so far, and that was with my own choice. Yeah, that's Lexi. That's uh, yeah. She's messing around there now. She's she's <laughs> taking control of producing and directing. Oh god, that was that was tough. I think like I think we all there was a point on on the first night or Friday night where it just got to the stage where we were just like this. Divorce is was this, looming. This yeah, I know. This, oh, that too. That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were just like this film is never going to see the light of day, and eventually we we got it done. Uh, we had actually we had another prop problem as well on on sharp teeth where we got these fangs that were just were crap like, and the mold uh, goes into the tooth, and the tooth then goes into her teeth, and so the mold just wasn't working. So we ended up having to get like a toffee sweet, putting them into the fangs and putting the fangs on, and so every time we did a take. She had to run out and put more toffee in and keep doing it. And I was like, this is something for like IMDG, IMDB trivia page or something for the film. Like, <laughs> like this is, the things that you have to do, like you just never know what you're going to have to try and come up with at the last minute. Like, masking yeah. tape is your only man. It's the, it's the only thing I have. In my duct tape, not masking tape. Masking tape is no, absolutely crap. Tape, Everybody sorry. has duct tape somewhere, you know. Duct tape, yeah. duct, tape. There you go. duct tape somewhere, you know. Just yeah, well, it was actually, it was actually, it was actually the cinematographer, uh, Midran Al Hadri that I have on the tree film. He said on Shark Teeth. How how uh, long did it take you to learn to say that? 
Yeah. I was pra- I was practicing a garden before. Uh, I wanted to get I tell you, I, I mean, I'm not even going to attempt that. Because <laughs> I told him I'd mention him, so I was in my head. Yeah. I was like, "How does he say that name?" Yeah, yeah, I have, it, I have it. Yeah. <laughs> but he was actually the one that said, "Why don't we just put some toffee or something?" And I was like, "You're crazy. That's that's just ridiculous." Like you know, it worked. I was like, "Super glue. Don't, don't worry about yeah. it." Gorilla <laughs> yeah. glue. Gorilla glue. Even better. Yeah. Glue. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a massive bill oh. to go to the dentist to get it removed at some point. <laughs> no, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm reminded of when we first. This is it. I'm reminded of the first time we didn't meet. You know, so it was like two years ago, and we touched base on LinkedIn, Facebook. We were history is finding a way. Like this, what's happening is serendipity in the universe, or God in George's yeah. case, is yeah. bringing things full circle. So yeah. we got to meet now, but we didn't meet then, and we could have had a Costa coffee then, and we don't get to have one now. Yeah. But but back then it was what was the name of the screen our screenwriters are? What's uh, the name of the group? Uh, I think back then when we were talking, it was Dublin Screenwriters. Now it's Screamers Ireland. Right, Screenwriters right. Ireland. What the hell is that about? What happens in there? <laughs> so basically, I set Screenwriters Ireland up about I think it's I think it's over three years ago now, and it was when I was going through a bad stage because I'd had years of just writing and nothing was happening, as a lot of writers know is the way it goes. And I thought there's no groups in Ireland that I can find that help writers, that writers can come to and we can all talk about writing, screenwriting specifically, and we can all share our scripts and give advice and have guests. And I was like, there's, I can't find anything that does that. So I was like, okay, I know. I was going through a bad time. I was, I was a really anxious person back then. I was like, good way to overcome my anxiety. Let's get 30 people all together that I have to talk to at a big table. <laughs> Go back a sentence here. How, how <laughs> to overcome my anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. get 30 yeah. people and yeah. put myself up. No, yeah. that's, I'd have the opposite effect on me. That one. <laughs> Actually, Garvin, what that demonstrates is he um, has been listening to our shows every single week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Avidly because he uh-huh. wouldn't have learned that. You know, <laughs> See, <yeah>. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not 30, but there was at least yeah. 20, 20 something, which was good for me because back then I could barely talk to one person. So I like I remember just from then on, then we just uh everyone just seemed to love it. We just had people just who who didn't even know the screen and wanted to learn about it. And all of us were sharing scripts with each other, giving feedback to each other. We ended up having guests in what was like John Connors and Emma Kirwan and Terry McMahon, all these like legends of film in Ireland, like you know, yeah. and uh, it just it just was brilliant. And since then. Uh, we've just changed the Screamers Ireland because I felt like Screamers Dublin. Yeah, you're a bit dark. Like, yeah. Race is a part of Dublin there now. Yeah, and I mean, we have get, we have people in the group from all over the world now, like, and because we do it over oh, Zoom, wow. we can have guests on it. Because uh, obviously we can't do it in person because our old location is like, we can't do it in there anymore. Uh, yeah. Because it's over Zoom now, we can have guests on it that we could never have on it before that were never available to come in person. Uh, like we had this guy Christopher Lockhart from he's like this huge story editor in America. He's worked with some of the biggest actors in Hollywood. We had him on uh, over Zoom. We never would have got him in person. Like ever. Did you take uh, him off mute now? I mean, like, it's like I yes. normally have George on mute. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. It. He didn't know he was didn't know he was on. He was just a little head in the corner looking around. Yeah, going, just talking about where's that, the yeah. where's the on button? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, did you do those live? Were they live shows or did you record them? Or no, what? they were they were live and, and then I recorded them and put them into the group so anyone who didn't go could see it yeah. then. Uh, but like I didn't really know with Christopher Lockhart who he actually was. Uh, it sounds terrible, but I kind of... You've done uh, as much research as we that's, do. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's how, how our shows go. Exactly. It's better not yeah. to know who they are. <laughs> and it sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Yeah. And afterwards, uh, the boys were like to me, 
like I, I obviously true when he was talking about things like you know he was talking about oh i was talking to denzel's agent i was like holy fuck i was like who is this guy like you know and afterwards the guys uh, at the meeting from the group were saying to me how did you get him steve and i was like well i just sent him a message I Googled him. Him. yeah yeah yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. I, I think I, I think i ended up uh, i was in his group the inside pitch for log lines but i i hadn't done any research on him and i was like he runs the group. He seems like he knows his stuff. Let's have him on. And they were like, how did you get him? I was like, I just sent him a message. And he said, oh, yeah, I love Ireland. Yeah, no problem. I'll come on any time. And, and they were like, what? It's like, yeah, that's I just sent He didn't mention like, that yeah. there's only 18 members. He said, there's <laughs> Ireland, you say. I heard, of the, I heard of Ireland. And this is yeah. a national group. Brilliant. I'll yeah, come on yeah. as a guest. Yeah. And there's about 18 years sitting there with Costa Cups going, yeah. going Jesus, <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> and I've got an auntie who lives in Galway who probably went, do you oh. know her? <laughs> <laughs> no, the one, the one yeah, thing yeah. here, George, is the great thing is if you ask, you, all most time in our head we're, we're asking and answering questions that we haven't yeah. asked, and yeah. we're getting rejected for things that we haven't done in our mm. mind, and, and no one's actually seeing it. We, it's yeah. like, oh, I didn't get that job. You didn't apply for the CV. You're, you're in yeah, some yeah. cases. I didn't get my film made. You never posted it out to anybody. No one really yeah. knows it's there. So yeah. it's not rejection. It's self rejection. It's, it's yeah. the fear of rejection. So yeah. if you, uh, if you reach out and ask, the worst that can happen is a no. Exactly. But you got to ask again the next person, and the next one might be. And George always says this: you can ask a thousand times, and the nine hundred ninety-nine times it's a no. You can give up. Well, if you just ask yeah. that 1,000 times, that's a yeah. yes. That's a 100% yeah. yes. That's a 100% you just won the lottery. It's, yeah. it's, but, we, but we have to buy a ticket. We cannot win a lottery with no tickets. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. well one of the things that I found, and this works also in editing, is what we're talking about that sort of internal rejection type thing, is that um, as an editor, you, you, if you became too, too engrossed, too passionate, too... You know, your first cut you think is brilliant. You know, I've sweated over this. And the director kind of goes, no, no, you should. No, 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 you need to change that. And you feel destroyed. And I think what's happening with us on this show is that we're kind of going, if somebody wants to come along, we'll have a giggle. And we don't care. <laughs> and we'll just yeah. have a bit of fun. And it will just be good. And yeah. so we we had a show. No, hang on. Should I say? We had a show <laughs> where we started to interview somebody. And he sat there and went, blah, <laughs> all over the place. We were sitting there going, are oh you all God. right? <laughs> and it was just kind of, right, okay. What do we do well, in this situation? It was probably Jesus. a little bit of nerves. It could have been yeah, the old. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was actually, it was an actor and it was, there was an element of anxiousness. Mm. Yeah. And it was probably anxiety. And it was, it was, we're going, we don't even have any customers or viewers. Yeah, I know, it, I know, I know. It's not getting up on stage. It's <laughs> no, But again, it was a thought process possibly yeah. of what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I don't know. And we're going, don't worry, you're not even going to get a chance to talk. You yeah. know what I mean? If you had asked that beforehand... <laughs> he would have told you. <laughs> absolutely. I didn't even get a chance to talk half the time. <laughs> That's right. That probably, would have, that, that probably would have been me if you had asked me to do this two years ago. I probably would have been that person. <laughs> yeah. But we, I think we're, we're just enjoying having, having a load of fun. I mean, because I know that when I first got into television, if I'd looked at multi-camera work and I looked at all the things and I would have been freaking out like nobody's business, I'm the kind of guy, yeah. that's a doddle. Just, just set up the cameras and make sure they're all recording. And then if something goes wrong, which it has on a couple of shows, you kind of go, ah, that was a great show, but it obviously wasn't the show because that button didn't go. So we'll record it again tomorrow. 
And you <laughs> and actually, if you're as long as you're honest, everybody, and the person we were talking to on that occasion sort of got themselves all doled up and sort of came on with a dress <laughs> and everything else and went, yeah. okay, you've got prepared this time around. You hadn't got prepared the last time around. You weren't expecting this. So yeah. So it, it works. And you kind of go, yeah, just, just, just enjoy the process. Let's just have a little yeah. bit of fun and see what happens. It's the best happens. way to be, yeah. 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 Now the weird thing is, we're no, we includes you. Well, yeah. the normally doesn't, but we're going to include you. You know, the we, the royal we, which is actually actually it's me, it's I, it's not. It's, I'm just saying the royal oh, we. No, here. No. Right. The us, we're more representative of the audience, of the world, and with the mm. positions we are all in. It's the the ones at the top of the food chain that are the stars. They're not the star. They're they're the, they're the exception, not the rule. So mm-hmm. if we're if this is more closer to reality in the sense that we're all aspiring, we're all trying to figure things out, we're all muddling along, we're all disempowered or semi-empowered, and and we don't, it's not life, it's not, it's not, it's not easy. If it was that easy, we'd all be stars. And then there's mm. so the whole point is there's a lot more black space, dark space, than there are stars in the universe. So yeah. and we're in that other space, and therefore you are representative of people's dreams. We're representative of people's dreams. We may not achieve our dream, but the whole point is to have them and mm. to be pursuing them. It, yeah. Not everyone can win. You know, there has to yeah. be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh in that race. But I mm. mean, if we get disillusioned because we're not first, then no one is going to go out the front door. Yeah, you know, exactly. So I, it's great to see you outside the front door. You should have learned yeah. your lesson after three in the last month. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what uh, the, the made my DOP for the last three films said to me like uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was like, I have no fucking doubt that by the end of next year, you will probably have a feature at the rate you're going. <laughs> like, and I was yeah. like, well, No, that's <laughs> it. It's keep on doing it for yeah. yourself, yeah. No, not yourself, yeah. for themselves, yourself, for the rest well, of the happened? Orders. Yeah, what happened with us was that we produced 14 shorts and suddenly went, well, if you strung the 14 shorts together, there's two feature films. We've made two feature films and we didn't even realise it because we were focusing on the shorts, which again, going back to Garvin's thing about what he was saying about don't use the same actors all the time. A lot of the students I've worked with, they've always used the same same cast and people yeah. are sitting there in the audience. Is, is this the same film as we were watching a short time ago? Is this a different movie? You know, because they're all, they all seem to have the same people in it. They thought they were yeah. watching this really bizarre feature length film with all the same actors coming off. They're kind of yeah. really, really crazy, crazy stuff. But I do think it's, you know, once you start to accumulate, I mean, I don't know how long, you, did you say your, your film is about three or four minutes or how long, how many, how long is it all three shorts that you put together so far? Uh, I'd say the first one will probably be um, near 10 minutes. The second one, probably maybe under five minutes. The third one, maybe close to 10 as well. And then the one we're doing on Sunday, probably under five minutes as well. But this yeah, episode minutes, of half an hour. 30, <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. worth of film. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what you need to do is, is, is t- twice that volume and you've made a feature mm. length film. So, I mean, so the experiences that you're gathering just because you keep on going out and shooting these little shorts are valuable stuff, mm. real good investment into what you're doing. And once people start to see that you've got this accumulation of films and experience, they will say, well, look, do you know what? He can direct a bigger project. And that's where you you get the likelihood of someone coming to you and asking you to direct their project. How would you feel mm. about that? If, if someone came to you now and said, look, why don't you direct this feature film I've got? It's not, you've not written it. You've not got anything else to do it. We just want you to direct it. How would you feel about that? Panic. <laughs> no, I'm messing, I'm messing. <laughs> Same as the no, rest of us. It's actually, now, the it's... first question you should have said, Stephen, is, what's the budget? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get paid. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that though, because actually I was talking to one of the guys in the crew about this a while ago, and I was saying that uh like I, I wrote behind the mask, I wrote forever, I wrote uh sharp teeth, and I was like after I wrote those three scripts, I had nothing else in my head that I wanted to write. So anything else I wrote was uh, I wrote, sorry, was uh Midge asked me to write a short horror, so I did that. Uh Sinead Cassidy Holt that was in the films gave me an idea for another one. She said, Why don't we do this together? I wrote that. So unless anyone comes to me with ideas now, I feel like at the moment there's nothing in my mind. I don't have any other ideas for shorts. Anything I'm directing now. Uh, after this one was ideas that someone else has given to me like so the one on Sunday uh, Sinead said I have this great idea uh, why don't we write it I was like okay cool why don't we both direct it okay cool let's do it so no, I, I love like, it I love it yeah. you know, you know so, what's happening there it's sometimes you can't just walk up to someone actually even as in business go all these 10 year olds are making millions go I'm an accountant I'm a businessman just go off and do that. Why don't you just go off and do that now? You're going, yeah. what is that? I don't know. You can't just go off and write J.K. Rowling, bloody Harry Potter, yeah. <laughs> because you can write. You're going, it, now the strange thing is, it's a focus. You know, yeah. you, you, the whole point of having a quiver of arrows is you're aiming it at a target. You, you, you go, that's the target. I'm going to aim my skill set at it. I'm going to bring down, bring the skills to bear. But sitting there and you haven't got a bow and a quiver, you're going, you know, what's the target? I don't know. Have you got any arrows? Mm. No. You're going, what, what? Yet you have the wherewithal and the yeah. ability. That's a technique. You have techniques. But now mm. you got to it has to be targeted at something. Mm. And you can write any story. If I said it's a zombie horror, you know, comes to, 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 to Dunkin' Donuts, you'll just, you'll make it happen because you're going, there are the bits. I got to put them together. I got to make it interesting. These are the moving parts you have to target the effort and you have mm. to empower and then bring the quality and bring the value. So you have a skill set. That's what all these people have is mm. if it's an uncommissioned script, if you're a script writer, that's what you wrote because that's what came into your mind. If someone mm. wants to commission you, they're going, I want to under these parameters because I want to use your skill set. And that's yeah. a different something. So at the moment, anyone, let's say in the group that's sitting in the drawers, you're going, there's a bunch of people and, and CJ Wally says, there's a thousand people on the platform yeah. waiting for someone else to target their yeah. skills. So yeah. that's the difficult thing. If there's no one there looking to target it, then you have a bunch of arrows in it that are sitting around and no bow. Exactly. And, I, and I've been there, and this is how I met CJ, what he actually was that. Uh, like so many writers is, you write a script and you're like, you know, you'll see people posting groups. I wrote my first feature. I finished the final draft and everyone's like, brilliant. Then, and then they're like, now what do I do? Yeah. Keep writing, write another one, write another one. And yeah. all you can do is just keep writing and writing. Not, And then you don't realize that like you need to get yourself out there because they're not going to come to you unless yeah. you are like one in a billion. Uh, now, I love that. Someone... The target is not going to come over and smack no. its head on the yeah, arrow. That's it. No. Going... <laughs> yeah. And I sat around for so many years thinking mm. I'm going to write a great script and someone will come looking for me. And I'm, and then years later, I'm like, well, how, how are they going to like, I yeah, need to put myself absolutely. out there uh, and you need to make contacts. You need to, you know, like all these uh, things online are great. Like competitions are great for experience. Coverflow, Script Revolution are all brilliant as well. But at the end of the day, it's it usually always comes down to getting yourself out there and who you know and who you make contacts with, who you make friends yeah. with and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I even would have been where I am today uh, only for the last, let's say, I don't know, maybe five years, the people that I've made friends with and the people that I've, uh, you know, gotten contact with to the group and stuff like that. 
Um, it's all about who you know. Like, if it comes down to who you know, I think no, at the end no, of the no. Day, it's who you know and what you know, and what but you know, yeah, not yeah. on their own. Yeah. yeah, you know, you've got the you've got the match the who to the what. Now yeah. the, the weird thing is, then you have to go the when, the why, the where, and the how much yeah, because they are the yeah, other absolutely. bits that are missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. You, you do have to be good at what you do as well, even though there is a lot of films you'll see, and you're just like, oh my god, that's that's awful. Like, but I think you you do have to know what you're doing also, and you have to know how to market yourself and your script as well. I think. I think um, the other like, thing is that you also have to definitely learn to say no. To certain things because one yeah. of the problems that can happen is you get an avalanche of, of stuff hitting you and you're sitting there kind of go all right how do i how do i do this how do i go about you know looking at these things and, and you need to set up little tools for yourself that basically if these things hit certain markers then you can say yes okay we'll take it to the next stage but if i'm being asked to invest a lot of time even just reading a script mm. sitting there kind of go well there's there's two or three hours just to read a script i haven't got two or three hours so, so, so people need to understand the process of what what would trigger the next bit for you to, you know, why would you invest three hours? Well, if you if somebody gave you a line, a slug line that that you could read very quickly, well, maybe you get mm. an idea. Kind of, if 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 your ideas, if you've been tempted to read more, then you say, okay, give me an outline. Let's see an outline. Then, then let's see the treatment. Let's see the synopsis. You mm. know, they want to be fed. They want to be tempted more and more to try and read things. And I think that's what a lot mm. of folks, they tend to write their scripts first without going mm. through this other process and then expect somebody to invest such a lot of time in reading this feature film. And you're sitting there mm. kind of go, I've got no idea what this is about. And I know that when I've read about three or four pages of something, I'm straight away kind of going, what do I want? I mean, somebody sent something to us and I started to read through it and I got to page 20 and I went, why am I reading this? And Garvin says, but it's about this, this, and this. It's about this sci-fi thing. And I went, I didn't get that from the first 20 pages. <laughs> you know, where did where did that come into yeah. it? You know, I thought I was reading some kind of guy about. No, I'm well, going to give you an example. Because I'm I not... think I'll probably get in. Yeah. But you've I'm got to have those months... processes. I'm two months into a script I haven't read. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm actually sort of, I know more about it than the, the writer, director, producer. I know every activity, every actor, every line, every, every, no, I haven't read the lines. I know how many lines there is, how many mm. lines per actor. I'm at don't know what story location. Is, <laughs> I don't even care. I know how many, 42 locations. I know there's, there's seven lines, there's 13 actors. I know it has 30 days of production. I know what yeah. sort of cost down to the second penny in 15 minutes. I haven't actually read the story, yeah, but yeah. I mean, no, I'm go. I, I invested enough to go. That was structure. That was process. That was all about having what's the cost of a crew to have those actors there in a day to carry mm. it, get six scenes in the can and three minutes of production. And if it was there, it doesn't matter what the three minutes is in terms of editing. I'm going to have 90 minutes to be brought down to three on a regular basis at a cost of that's accounting yeah. language. That's mm. the functionality. That's the process. Yeah. That's the procedures. That wasn't, is this shite? Is, what is the story? Were the lines any good? Did the actor perform? Yeah. Don't even care, because what I'm mm. looking at was, this is a 357,000 quid before there's a bloody moving part of any interest yeah. in there, yeah. uh, A-list anything. And I'm going to go, they thought it was two. I'm going, it's 357,000 yeah. yeah. of minimum part. And I go, and therefore you're saying, is it worth reading? No, this was a process I was learning, teaching myself and going through anyway. But the weird yeah. thing is you have to know and everyone has to know what is it they have? What is the minimum value it can be done for? What is the aspirational value if you were sticking Clint Eastwood in it? You mm -hmm. know, and the, and the best DOP on the planet. And between the min and the max, 
is the value that moves between 1 million customers and 20 million customers to make this work be an investment or a flop. So the story mm. hasn't changed. And the way the pitch has, the ask has. Yeah. We've basically worked out for every three minutes of film, it's around about five thousand pounds. All the all the bits and pieces that go into it. So that's you know, it's every three minute film that you've made, or three minutes parts of like your ten minute yeah. film is fifteen thousand. So you've yeah. already spent on your show if it's twenty, if it's half an hour, you, mm. you, you've spent what you're one hundred and fifty grand of effort in. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's. It doesn't it matter if it's any good. Yeah. It don't, yeah. This is not yeah. about it being good. Yeah. No, I mean, had it ha- did if it had to get its money back, had you paid it, you're going. It's seven cents of paying view of something out there. Yeah. You need a million paying customers of seven cents of something on a Netflix share profit mm. share to give you that money back. Yeah. Was it that good? It's kind of like we had uh, another thing Christopher Lockhart said when we had him on mm. was uh, all the different components that writers don't realize to getting the script out there. It's not just yeah. as easy as saying to someone, yes. I have a great script. It's how important your logline is. Like he was saying that he gets hundreds of scripts a day from people. And he said, like, if I, he said, I'm so busy, I would never have the time. And he was like, if I'm going to take the time to even read one of those scripts well, on, a day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. on a day when I could be spending off with my family, it better be fucking good. He was like, it better be good. He was like, if I don't like the log line, then I'm not even going to read the script. Like, So it, there's so many different components, I think, that... No, I'm, I'm interested. Sorry. See, the weird thing is, you're not saying you, but there's... Yeah. there's The statistics out there says, for everyone that thinks that person... I mean, I, six weeks into our first show, people are sending me their scripts. And I go... I'm talking shit yeah. with George on a podcast and people yeah. are sending me their scripts. And I know, is that because they believe I'm an executive producer or investor? Now, strangely enough, we are. Now, but that is not evident then. It yeah. could be more evident now. Yes, we have a production company. We have a production academy. Our intent is to make, is to finance short and features. That intent is mm. there. That, you know, we, we have got contacts with bigger money that will be mm. inv- like if we see value and can funnel it for them so the you people have to realize where is the gatekeepers so yeah. most of the time you don't know where to shoot the arrow and they're shooting at the same place everyone else is shooting it and if that's mm. the case there's 500 arrows in the and it's like your man lockhart he's going every time i, I look out the postman's bringing a big it's like fucking like santa claus mm. either bringing mm. me all these things i have no yeah. time i have no interest i didn't ask for them to keep on sending them Who's asking for these? Who wants to hear them? Who's willing to pay? Are we sending them to the wrong post box? That's the problem. It's we will have to align our skills and arrows and quivers with the yeah. targets and go, I want this, send me this. I've asked for it. You're not wasting your time and you're not feeling rejected if I don't respond. I think that's why so many writers become directors as well, because you have more chance of getting noticed visually for your writing and directing yes. than just being a writer. But I made the, yeah. I, I've done the same. Uh, I think all writers do when they first start off, they, you know, find a famous producer on Facebook and hey, hey, I have this great script for you to read. And it's just a lack of knowledge. As you, the, the, like when I, as I went on, I realized, you know, the older I got and stuff, the more it was longer I was writing for the harsh reality of it. Like, I was like, oh my God, what have I got myself in for? This is not easy. Like, you know, this is, this can lead to, you know, like I went through stages where I was almost depressed because I was writing all these things. I was like, what yeah. do I do with them? I can't, you know, because competitions are great, but 90% of the time, you're not going to go anywhere from a competition. Like, and I just think there's something, 
there's something about I know Garvin says he hasn't read that other script, but but one no, of the things I, I, make this up no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that there's something important there because one of the problems is that uh, having worked on you know several projects, uh, quite a lot of projects, if you're working on something that you find it very hard to believe in, it becomes yeah. a drudgery. You can't keep on you can't keep on doing it. So you've mm. got to have something that you believe in that is worthwhile making to be able to see you through what can potentially be a two year period to make a three a feature film because of the the problems of trying to get it's not it's not the functionality of making that film that takes two years. That's you know, just it, money. That, mm. it, no, but what I'm saying is no, but the functionality is is less than is probably about 20 weeks is the functionality mm. of making yes. that film. But the problem is the reason why it takes the two years is because you're trying to slot in people to be available at certain times. Yeah. Uh, and other problems that arise, you know, that you've got to make sure fits in and happen. And then schedules get pushed back because of different things. Or if you're working for a studio, the studio heads may change. They may not like that particular project. Mm. You've got to be able to sustain yourself mentally and psychologically through that two year process to make sure that you get that film made now we've been listening to people it's been taking seven ten and in my case i'm working on a project that's taken nearly 14 years to get done uh and i have to keep and i understand and appreciate where you're saying that you can get depressed about it because there are times when i opened that particular project up and went oh my god i can't do this and actually just shut it down again and that happened quite a few times just because of where i was uh mentally and i think that happens with so many different projects that you can work on. And the last thing you want to do is to make sure that the project you're working on doesn't get finished because it's no good not being finished. It's got to be the only way it's, it's, it's any use to you is the moment it's finished, it's locked down, and you can now present it to a body of people, even mm. if it's just one person, even if it's just Garvin. You know, yeah. if, if you don't I'm the only that one that matters finished. in this yeah. universe, George. <laughs> Absolutely. This is my <laughs> personal universe. And if it doesn't matter to me, it's like I don't... If it yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, <laughs> if I don't mind, then it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. so, so something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, so, think, I, think, I think that's what people... I think that's what people forget is the how mentally and physically overwhelming it is just to finish a 90-page script. And I think that's why when someone finishes even one draft of a 90-page script, someone, you know, if they post it in a group, everyone will be like, oh, my God, fair play. You know, that's brilliant. You, you got yeah. one draft on it. It's such an achievement because like, people don't realise unless you've tried to write a 90-page script how hard it is, you know? That's because you're an Alcoholics Anonymous. You have to move back to the next, <laughs> next door. Which is actually probably quite good to be going yeah. back to how Alcoholics you, Anonymous. How do you write yeah. 90-page? I can't even put my trousers on in the morning. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that we've now got back to the, the first thing we started off because Garvin went off to, to go to meet the postman while me and Stephen here were talking about Guinness and, and yeah. caused light. And the, and, the, and the reason why that's a very interesting thing to talk about is that we've now got to finish the show. What? We haven't even now, what, spoke about the film and the no, writing no, and stuff. But, you I, know, think, so. I, think what, but, the, but I think what's really fascinating is, is what's great about chatting to all the people that we chat with on this show is, is how much we all learn. And even though I may be sharing stories and experiences I've had, we're learning so much from each of our guests. We've learned so much, Stephen, from you, because you're talking about a perspective uh, that you have. And, it, and that's actually encouraging. It's encouraging me because I remember we did something. We made all these short films and then went on to make a feature film. And then things didn't quite happen the way you thought. But we're seeing how you're being motivated to go ahead and keep pushing through that. And we're kind of going, do you know what? We can do the same thing. And even though we're where we're at now, we're kind of going, 
yeah, now that gives us the incentive to keep on going. There's a reason, there's a purpose that we have behind us. And I think that's that's the great thing. And I love what we've talked about in the way that we've discussed the reason why scripts should be put together and reason, reason why they shouldn't be put together. And the, and the process that you need to go through to kind of sell those scripts to people, the idea of having a, a, a slug line, you know, that, that, that 25 words that basically is used as a tool to try and see if you can invite someone to want to take something further like the synopsis before you get to the script because that's an investment in someone else's time garvin and i have worked out uh, based on the processes that we've gone through individually that, that a basic a basic film with no action uh, you know no special effects is roughly three three hundred and fifty thousand uh, pounds or euros whichever you want to use so once we see a, a 90 page script we virtually say right 350 that's a thousand, you know, that's how much it's going to cost to make. We don't want to do any more unless we know that there's a reason why we want to invest our time and effort into something, you know, because it's got to be genuine. It's got to be good. And we don't want to be overwhelmed with a hundred scripts, you know, a hundred scripts. Even if you spent two hours reading those scripts, that's 200 hours that, you know, we're talking about five weeks work. Who's going to put five weeks work into reading those scripts unless there's something worthwhile looking at that, that you want to invest in. And I think that's a key point. Uh, that, that, and again, you've brought out some beautiful things about what writers need to understand in the way they put things together, that there, there is a process that goes on beyond them. And, and one of the things that we've talked about quite often is the reason why you need to format scripts the way we format them, because that in itself becomes a tool to fit into our system and we can gauge what happens, you know, how each day it's scheduled even and what the requirements are based on that formatting of the script. So it is important. We, it's not just made up. There's been an, an industry going on for a, a, over 100 years, 120 years or so now. Those things have been put in place deliberately. And, and if you follow those those rules, and, and I know people like breaking rules, but there's a framework. If you follow the yeah, framework, yeah. then you can actually make a success of what you're actually doing. Yeah, I, think I think that's a difficult, I think that's a, re a di really difficult thing as well that a lot of writers when they're first coming up don't realise the difference between a spec script, which is a, a script you're writing on speculation that someone will buy it with format and stuff like that. Uh, like I have helped people with scripts before and I've said, I'll say to them like, you know, do you know, like you, this isn't written in a spec script format and be like, what's that? And I'd be like, no one, you know, major producer is going to look at your script if it's not formatted in a spec script format, like, you know. And these are all things that I didn't know when I was coming up. Like, I didn't realize how the smallest details would cause whoever it is, producer, to be like, nope, not reading anymore. That, like, you know, it's, it's just. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, what we normally do is uh, give our guests a couple of minutes to sort of, if there's anything else you'd like to say to our audience today, that the uh, key things, I mean, I think that point was really wonderful as well. Is there anything else you'd like to say, even from the director's perspective? Uh, I suppose I didn't, but I had, when I did point the mask when I directed it, I realized how much it's a it's a team effort like you know um how the director doesn't do everything like and i kind of i remember standing behind the mask going like what do i really do like you know it's really like all you know dop does a lot of the stuff light and it's such a big part of it and sound is such a huge part like what do we actually do like you know it's a it's really a, a team effort like because other than saying you know other than having the overall vision and going yeah that shot looks good no i don't like that shot or do it this way do it that way 
it's really all a, a group thing, like, you know, and Absolutely. Uh, I'm so grateful, I think, that I've had so far three really good experiences. I haven't had any bad, ex- really bad experience with anyone, uh, except for my own child, of course, on Shark Teeth the weekend. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I'll have done, like, four short films now by the end of 2021, and I have, like, two weeks then for Christmas, and I'm just like, what am I going to do after this film this Sunday, though? Like, I, I don't want to stop. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to stop. I think it's because yeah. I spent so long, though, uh, kind of procrastinating and not doing anything that now I'm like, no, I just need to keep going. No, no, no. I, ha- yeah. I can't I can't take a break. You know, I need to keep going. Well, actually, that's what's um, happening to us, isn't it, God? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm away for three weeks and I can, like, I can't, I've got I've got six shows to get edited yeah. so that we can keep them going. Oh, my God, yeah. what am I going to do? I'm becoming quite manic yeah. in the whole process. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. completely mad. So, Garvin, any last words just to wrap up the show? Well, I, I'm just saying it's great to see Stephen out there and he's out, out. As I, that, that comedian, he's going out, out now. He's not going just out, he's going out, out. And this, yeah, Facebook. 2022, <laughs> you're going 65 or 42 shorts on the, on, in the planning. You know, you're going to have, you know, but, you know, you've got your shorts now. So you want to put yeah. on your big boy pants now next year. That's what you want <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not going to be Led Zeppelin, whatever that guy jumping no. around us. Oh, no, no, ACDC. No. Is a, yeah. That guy. Get a pair of pants, big boy pants yeah. next year. You've done your shorts. You've done your learning. Well, I'm looking forward to bigger and better yeah. things. And we yeah, hope yeah. to see you out there. Yeah. Oh, well, look, everybody, thanks, thanks for having me on. And thank thanks you, Stephen, for, for coming Take on care. the show. And thanks everybody else for watching this show. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.